You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we're coming towards the end of the fifth chapter of Maser Sheni, and we're going through what the Mishnah is going to call, or what the Mishnah does call the confession, the Vidui. Interesting, we're coming up to Yom Kippur, and so we're focused on Vidui, and yet the Mishnah is focused on a different kind of Vidui. The Mishnah is focused on the Vidui, not of Yom Kippur, but the Vidui that we make when we uh, bring our Maser Sheni up to Jerusalem. And we began this uh, a couple of days ago. We began looking at it. We remove all the tithes from our houses and we say, We read it last Shabbat. That's the beginning of the vidui. It's the confession. Yeah, it's the confession o- over the maser. But the vidui continues. And we're going to find that the Mishnah follows the vidui pasuk, pasuk. So of every pasuk, there is a Mishnah. So let's have a look. Let's, we'll, let's, we're going to follow it in that pattern. Let's have a look at the pasukim and the Mishnayot, which correspond. So the pasuk continues. I haven't eaten from it. Uh, I haven't eaten from it in my morning. I didn't get rid of it in a state of uncleanliness. I didn't give any of it to a dead person. And I must say, when I first read these words and I you know I've I've sort of read you know we've all read these words every year right when I first came across these I thought this was referring to some kind of Canaanite death ritual and it's very interesting that neither the Mishnah nor the commentators make any reference to this at all but it says I haven't given any of it to a dead person and then Shamati Bakol Hashem Elohai I've heard the voice of the Lord my God, I've given, I have done everything that you commanded me. So that's the Pasuk in the Vidui, which we recite when we go to Jerusalem with our Master Sheni. And the Mishnah is going to explain it. Luachalti v'onimi menu, that means, if he'd eaten from it in his aninut, he can't make the confession. And the Mishnah is going to refer to aninut in the halachic definition of someone who's 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 um someone who suffered the the loss of a close relative. So it'll still be a father or a mother or a brother or a sister or a wife or a child. But hasn't buried them yet. If you if someone has died but they haven't been buried, you're considered an onen. You don't or an onen now. You don't. You're not obligated in any mitzvot. Actually, it's a very peculiar limbo state. And the rabbanan, the status of aninut continues until the end of the day of the funeral. So the, the mishnah is going to delimitate, d- delineate. I didn't eat. For Namaser Sheni, while I was an Onen, while I was in this state. I guess because no meets vot, you can't do that. I mean, you're free of all meets vot. 
while you're in that state. Uh, you can't possibly fulfill the mitzvah of eating the Maser Shani. And then, I didn't remove any of it when unclean. And the Mishnah says, look, if you removed it in uncleanness, you can't make the confession because you're going to make the produce. The produce has to be eaten in a state of tahara. If you've removed it, not being in a state of tahara, you're going to make that produce tummy or you certainly may make that produce tummy. So it's not, it's, it, it can't be consumed in the proper way. And I haven't given any of it to the dead. And, you know, these. this is the part of the puzzle that always intrigues me. And it's interesting that the Mishnah has rationalized it. I haven't used any of it for a coffin or shrouds for the dead. I haven't given any of it to other mourners. Maybe you could sell Maser Sheni for money and then use that money to buy a coffin. That's a no-no. We, we know that the only thing you can do with Maser Sheni is eat it, drink it, and anoint yourself with it. Yeah, that's the that's the halacha, and you have to do it in Jerusalem. So clearly, you can't use it for a coffin or for shrouds. The pasuk continues: Shamati b'kol Hashem Elohai. I've heard the voice of my God. That means Havetiv levet habuchira. I brought it to the to the well, the chosen place. I brought it to the temple. That's what I've done. I've listened to the voice. That means I brought it to the temple. It's very interesting that the Mishnah is taking, if you like, the poetic intent of the Pasuk and is translating it into a halachic reality which matches the, the, poetic, the poetic intent. It's as if this Mishnah is halachic poetry. And then it continues, Asiti Tzivitani, that's the Pasuk, and it closes, Samachti Vesimachti Bo. I have rejoiced and I've made other people rejoice. Again, I mean, it, it's, it's beautiful, really. It, it's, it, it's as if it's, it's injecting the uh, sort of the practical feet, it's, it, it's injecting the emotion into the Pasuk in a way that makes it directly comprehensible in the time of the Mishnah. I have rejoiced. And I made others rejoice. Samachti vesimachti vo, because you can eat the produce in Jerusalem and you can share it with others. So you can be happy and you can make other people happy. That's the first verse of the continuation of the vidui, of the confession. But the vidui continues, that's not all. So let's let's go on. Then the vidui goes on with a prayer to God. Look down from your holy habitation. And bless your people Israel and the earth which you've given us. That's very important. The earth which you've given us. Just as you swore unto our fathers a land flowing with milk and honey. That's the end of the vidui in the in, in the um in Chumash. That's the end of the Pasha which we read on Shabbat. And again, the Mishnah is going to translate it. So, Look down from your holy abode. And the Mishnah continues. And the Rambam comments here, by the way, it's his only comment on this whole text. It's very interesting. It's as if the Mishnah is not sufficiently halachic, really, to make it worth commenting for the Rambam. But he does comment here that the the pilgrim doesn't say the words in the Mishnah. 
The pilgrim just says the words in the vidui. But the Mishnah is going to fill out the intent behind those words. And it, it's, it's actually very, well, it feels very transactional to me. We've done what you decreed. You do what you've promised. <laughs> it's very transactional. Asinu, Mishnah. Asinu mashigazarta alenu af ataase ma shehiftahtanu. You do your job. Hashkifa mimon konshacha. So look down from your holy abode. Uvarechit amcha Yisrael bevanim uvanot. Bless the people of Israel with boys and with girls. That's the most precious blessing that the pilgrims are asking for. As they bring their Maser Sheni to Jerusalem, bless your people with sons and daughters, boys and girls. And bless the land which you've given us. And the pilgrim and, and the Mishnah explains, with dew and with rain and with um, offspring of cattle. That's what blessing the land is. As you swore to our fathers, giving them a land of milk and honey, so that the fruit should taste really good. The fruit should taste kind of sweet and rich. So that's the end. That's the end of the vidui of the confession. And of the Mishnah's expression of the of the of the confession, and the Mishnah, if you like, is breathing life into the confession, and then it ends with a surprising halacha. From here, they said, "Mikan amru Yisraelu mamzerim mitvadim." Israelites and mamzerim can make the convert the confession, the vidui. Avalot gerim velo avadim shucharim she'ain lahem chalak baretz. Remember, the confession refer to the land that you've given us. And the Mishnah says, look, if you're a convert or a freed slave, you don't have an inheritance in the land. And Rabbi Meir says, you know, priests and, and Kohanim and Levim don't have an inheritance either and they can't make it. Although Rabbi Yossi disagrees and the Halakha actually goes according to Rabbi Yossi. So we seem to be bending over backwards a little bit to help out the priests and the Levi'im in a way that were not for the converts and the freed slaves. So it seems as though you have to be, you have to be uh, born in order to make this confession. And the Rambam makes no objection. He just states in his commentary, these people don't have a portion in the land. They don't have an inheritance in the land. But I couldn't resist bringing you just to conclude this this discussion of the vidui in the Mishnah. That of course, the, with regard to the tefillah, where we say our uh, our Father, our God, and the God of our fathers. So we do refer to our ancestry in the tefillah. Just as we refer to the land being given to us in this vidui, and the Rambam rules, he agrees with the Mishnah that the converts don't make the vidui. He agrees with that ruling, but it's very interesting that in terms of the tefillah, we say, "Our oh, God and God of our fathers," and of course, in his famous letter to to Ovadia the Ger, who writes to him 
and asks him if he can make this declaration in in the tefillah. The Rambam writes to him and says, yes, you can say all of this in the prescribed order and not change it in the least, in exactly the same way as every Jew by birth says his blessing and prayer, you should too. And he then relates this to the fact that Avraham was a convert and, and brought converts to the Jewish people. And I, 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 we haven't got time to go through the whole of the letter of the Rambam to Ovadia the Ger, but I posted it on the source sheet after these Mishnayot, just so that you can see the difference between the ruling of the Rambam following the Mishnah in terms of the Vidui uh, Maser and the ruling of the Rambam when he's referring to the Tefillah. That is nearly the end of the fifth chapter and nearly the end of the Masachet. We will close tomorrow with the final Mishnah in the Masachet and with a chapter. And we will then open, we will simultaneously open the new Masachet of Chala. So that is for tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.